What up, Buzz? You tapped in? Okay, Goose, you tapped in too? All right, Chicago, y'all tapped in? All right, boys, let's crack them. Feel like Mike in the fourth with the ball in my hands and I'm taking a shot. I'm the king in the madhouse on Madison, whether I make it or not. Now the crowd going crazy, they watching the play and I'm watching the clock. Got my shot in the air and the buzzer go off and I'm watching it drop. This team did things, MJ shot city six rings. D-Rose too big, too fast, too strong history. And we good on that, put Jilla on the track and we good on wax. Three, two, one, everybody say bulls on tap. Bulls on tap, our city pretty and gritty. Benny the bull in the crowd getting hyper and litty. Me, I'm so drippy and slippery, nothing offends me. Banners on banners, we winners. We got the stats in the news. Go and subscribe, hang out with Buzzy and Goose. Tapping with us, we the truth. Jilla just murdered the booth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Goose, a.k.a. Bulls. And we are here to recap a Chicago Bulls win over the Denver Nugget, 114-108. to Before we do that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for our Chicago sports literature and podcast needs. Following on Twitter at Bulls on Tap, at ontapsportsnet. Following Goose at Bulls Scripted, me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five-star rating and review, because that's cool and tough. Goose, Bulls win this one, 114-108. to 108. They go 3-2 and two on their five-game West Coast road trip. How are you feeling after that one, man? I'm feeling a lot better after tonight's game than I did after blowing a 20-point lead in Portland. Yeah, that was not, uh, that was not a fun comeback to watch. Um, it really sucked how that kind of went down. But I don't want to focus on that one because I don't like to lose. Well, let's focus on the good one. Um, I'm just kidding. If you want to talk about it, you totally can. But um, yeah, that was a that was a much needed win. Um, I don't even feel dirty that like Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. didn't play. You don't even feel dirty that AK paid his old guys to sit out this one. Hey man, <laughs> some I actually I never would have thought to say that's hilarious. He threw him a little bit of money under the table, huh? He was just like, hey guys, go take a lap. <laughs> you know, we're gonna get this victory real quick, and we'll see you later. Yeah, let, let, let me finish this circus trip off right. Uh, you guys take the night off, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what it, that's what it looks like happened. Um, I was surprised, though. I didn't see anything of Jokic hurting his wrist uh, until, like, the latter part of today. And, I mean, I know people will be like, oh, I want to win against the best players. Uh, Goose, I couldn't give a shit. I just wanted to end this winning streak off over 500. You know, or, I'm sorry, this uh, West Coast trip over 500. And the fact that the Bulls were able to do that without Nikola Vucevic, I mean, it's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I mean, Javante Green continues to impress me as well as uh, Derek Jones Jr. Yes. Um, the, the athletic plays that DJJ made tonight were magnificent, and Javante uh, is just like David Nawaba, Keith Bogans. He's, he's channeled all these grit and grind guys from the past, and he's – He's put it all into one, and it's a lot of fun to watch most nights. Um, yeah, Casey had I tweeted out about how it doesn't show up in the box score for him. Like it, you know what I'm no, saying? Like it, you know it, what I mean? No, it's not it like it's not his achievements don't. I mean, you know. I mean, you you see the way that he defends somebody like Aaron Gordon. I mean, fronting him in the post and just making things awkward and difficult, uh, regardless of the size of the player that he's tasked with defending. He just 
he makes things uncomfortable for people consistently. And he tries to dunk everything. He does not know what the fuck a layup is, and I love it. He did attempt a layup tonight. It rimmed out. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he's been trying to catch bodies out there. I think, I mean, it's contagious, man. I mean, look at the dunks. I mean, you brought this guy up, too. Derek Jones Jr., he provided a great spark today off the bench. 16 points, eight boards. I mean, he – I wish he, he didn't foul like Wendell Carter Jr., but um... – Oh, man, yeah, I know. It's it's hard, though, I mean, with, with DJJ, just because, man, he's being tasked to guard people that are a lot bigger than him, and he's having to use his length to try to disrupt them. And every once in a while, I was going to get caught trying to be physical because, I mean, think about it. <laughs> How many times would you want your skinny ass to get bumped into like that down there just because you're long? He's having to play some, you know, some big dudes. So um, no, he's, he's definitely got some mismatches and that uh, shows up in the box score with the fouls. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it, I feel like, isn't even so much on him. He catches an offensive foul here or there uh, just about every game, too. And I feel like most of those calls – could go the other way. Like, I don't know how you how you call a offensive foul on a guy that's just, like, flying through the air. Like, that, that's, no, I mean, you're not that's wrong. That's airspace, man. Then, like, get the fuck out the way. And you're, yeah, like I said, you're not wrong. I, I definitely don't disagree with that. But him him and Javante, just absolutely awesome off the bench. Uh, another guy, I mean, we just kind of went into the bench here. We got to talk about Io. I mean, I had tweeted out Goose at, you know, 15, 16 games into his NBA career, this guy's already a 3 and D guy. You know, I mean, it's just hilarious because if you would have told me, even when it is time in Illinois, that he would come in to the NBA this quick and he'd be shooting the rock pretty decently and getting rotational minutes on a what is a very hopeful, and I think we can say it is going to be, but we'll say hopeful just in case everything, you know, something goes wrong, but playoff team in the Eastern Conference. This is a, this is a team with aspirations of going somewhere deep into the playoffs. And you have a second-round rookie hitting threes and defending off your bench and being trusted by a really good coach in Billy Donovan. No, and we knew he was somewhat of an NBA-ready prospect given, um, you know, his time at Illinois and just what they did there as a team. Um, and he was a very solid all-around player. But to see him kind of carve out a role as this 3-and-D uh, catch-and-shoot corner three guy, drive it, um, you know, run the floor, uh it's just he fits in perfectly with what Billy wants to do, and he's fucking fearless. And it's exciting to watch. Uh, I don't know if Kobe enjoys watching it, but I know I enjoy watching it. Yeah, that's actually something that uh, is very interesting that you bring up. I just wanted to give you the stats for Io real quick. Um, 42% from the field and 41% from downtown for him this year. Um Obviously, I don't have the totals. I can pull those up. But, I mean, still, he's been getting some rotational minutes, and he's shooting over 40% from three. That's something that I didn't think anybody expected to get out of him. Um, speaking of Kobe White, I don't know if you saw the hoopla on Twitter. Uh, our buddy our buddy Joe ended up going at it with Kobe White's brother, Will, tonight on Twitter a little bit. And, um uh, the I reason I, all of it, but I did see some of it. Yeah, and I'm not just bringing that up for everybody to go check that out. I mean, if you want to, you know, we're not going to stop. You go check it out, whatever you got to do. Go ahead. But, uh, you know, Kobe got his first two points back in action here tonight. This is like his third game. Um, now, a shoulder injury can, you know, we obviously he was out for a while because it was severe enough to get surgery to then be out. You come um, back, the whole entire roster that you've played with your whole entire career is gone. 
exactly. I, I definitely do agree with you there. Um, but what kind of confuses me, <laughs> this is where I get like confused, man. He was with the team a lot. And I know he wasn't doing five on five scrimmages, but I mean, this man has been practicing since tra- training camp and he just doesn't look to be in basketball shape. And now do you think that like, that's just kind of him getting worked back into the in-game speed of it? Or do you think there's something else going on here? I think his conditioning is definitely lacking. Uh, Kobe's few, one of his very few um, like clear elite skills is his speed. Um, He was not beating guys down the floor. He did not look like the blur that we're used to see. He simply looked lost. Um, And a lot of it seemed forced. And I, I feel that's somewhat expected, but at the same time, I think it was more forced than I was anticipating because Kobe sees the rest of this team taking off and finding their roles and carving out their niche and where IO can do the defensive things and just accept being kind of an off ball guard wing kind of player. Kobe doesn't have that defensive gene in him. And I, I will say his effort defensively tonight um, was probably better than we've seen from him in the past which is encouraging, but unless that jumper starts falling, I don't know where he fits on this team right now. Yeah. that's That was what we've been talking about this whole time, though, is that the bench has defense already and some, you know, dynamic players on it. But when you bring in Kobe, he's going to be the one who's going to do, you know, doing the scoring for you. And if that's not happening. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to sit him. I mean, he's that. That's not going to get him back in 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 game shape. He's going to have to play. He's just going to have to shoot out of it, right? I mean, or do they? I mean, I don't know. See, this is why people made fun of me when I had tweeted that shit out about him getting some reps in the G League, and everybody's like, oh, "Stop it with the G League!" No, dude. Like, I got to actually experience a game. Uh, Windy City Bulls invited us out. Went and talked with them. Went to the now arena, took in a game, got to see our guy Devon Dotson ball out. But it, they're really competitive down there, and there's a lot of beating and banging in the paint and stuff like that, Goose. I, I, I really wish sometimes the NBA would treat it how the MLB does. Treat that as a literal rehab assignment. Let him go down. Maybe two, three games, man. I is it ideal? No. Do, do, do you want him back on the you know the I, active roster? Yeah, well, but well, why isn't it ideal? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's a great thing to have. Like, right. um, It's clear. He's not going to be a starting point guard over Lonzo because once again, Lonzo does things that he can't defensively. This is Zach and DeMar's team offensively. Uh, DeMar has the role that Kobe used to have. It's no longer Kobe's team. When Zach goes off the floor, it's DeMar's. So, you know, I don't really, I'm not going to give up on Kobe. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's only three it's, games in, but it, it's know. three games in. He's coming off an injury. This is his preseason. Hell, this is his fucking training camp. But it, just to see how lost he does look, and given that exchange that Joe is going through, and Will's just being a good brother and he's standing up for his brother, but Joe's not wrong. You weren't wrong to suggest that the G League would be a good option. It lets you get your feel back. It lets you get back to speed at a slower pace than you need to be at. It helps you get that confidence back. Right. And uh, I just don't like how people just shit on that idea. I mean, that 
think about that, man. Like, you know, just to kind of work yourself back into game shape and you don't want to go into the, you know, uh, there's a talent gap. Obviously we know that between the G league and the NBA, there, there's a talent gap there, but when you're working your way back up for an injury, that talent gap, it just gives you when you're in the G league, it gives you that time to get used to the 12 minute quarters to get used to the rotational di- difference, like all that stuff, you know, like it's it gives you play yourself back in the game shape, right. Getting- uh, 30 plus minutes a game instead of the right. 15 to 20 you're going to get. Right. You're going to get 20 plus touches shooting the basketball because you're an NBA player playing down. That's not something you're going to do on this team. It's right. something you could have done in years past. Yeah, it's just but, not. It's not now. There's too much talent now. and they're being competitive and winning. You know, Kobe only got 11 minutes tonight, brother. Like he's on that he limit. He doesn't have 11 total shots in the three games. You know, that's that's something that you would get more than that in a single game in the G League. And that's what you need to get your feel back, to get in a rhythm. So I I don't know why it has to be this insulting gesture. Uh, It should be a luxury that you have the option, that you have that team there um, to to be there. So, yeah, and I'm I'm glad you agree just because I mean, not that they just invited us out and whatever, but if (laughs) and I'm I'm kissing ass or anything like that, but the G League should be used for that. Like you had said too. look what the MLB does, like when Yasmani got hurt and you're a Cub fan. I mean, when Rizzo or Contreras got hurt and they went and they did their, you know, their rehab assignments for what a series down there, two, three games, work your way back in. I know it's a different sport, but the premise is the same. And that's why I just wish they would kind of utilize that better because Kobe White's sitting here getting 11 minutes a game with a team that's going to make the playoffs, make a run when he could be getting, like you said, 30 plus beating up on the littler talent of the G league, getting back into game shape, coming up and being instant contribution. And he's not going to get it on a team where he's not getting the touches that he needs um, because until he has that confidence, nobody's going to want to pass him the ball. Uh, It's going to be hesitant. Because he is a bit of a black hole, and we saw some of it tonight. Yeah, one for seven tonight. One for seven. And it's um, you want him to get his shots, especially now. But right. you know, those, those six shots almost cost us the game. There, this game was way closer than it should have been. Right. Um, and part of the that is trying to steal him these minutes to rehab in game, and it, it could so much easier. Uh, be done by sending him down to the G League and just giving him 30 fucking shots a night. Right. And like you had said before we even got into that whole conversation, he watching Io has got to be scaring this this young man a little tiny bit because he's a rookie coming for your rotational minutes on a winning team here. And he's proving to be valuable on both ends of the court. Not saying that Kobe cannot be that guy, but he needs to kind of get it into gear here and show where he fits. Let's talk about uh the uh MVPs. MVPs, but you know, they're on the MVP ladder, NBA.com too. Uh, for the first time, I think I won't say in our lifetime because we, we got to see, you know, Michael and Scotty. Um, but DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, top 10 on the MVP ladder from NBA.com come out and what a game both of them have. They lead the league in duos with over 20 points a game. And I believe this now sits at 12 is what the broadcast said. So it's 12 games. They have both scored over 20 points together. First of all, what is your reaction to seeing Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan in the MVP ladder? I wanted to talk to you about that. I know this is supposed to be a post-game breakdown, but I miss you. We hadn't talked, you know, a couple days. So what, what do you think of that? 
I mean, it's a little mind blowing. Obviously, I don't think that it's gonna stick. I mean, maybe it does. Um, not not that being sixth and eighth or third and you know eighth or whatever it might be. I haven't seen the list. Um, really matters. It only matters if you get first in that award. And I, I don't think they're gonna get co MVPs. That'd be a first, probably. Teammates or co MVP. That would be sweet. Be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't think we're going to see that happen, but just the fact that the Bulls have two top scorers in the NBA yeah. on the same roster that fit a lot better than people thought. Um, I don't know. It's, it's mind blowing to me. I I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said. It. I mean, we jokingly, you know, made punches at Zach being an MVP candidate because the Bulls would be better and he'd have the opportunity to at least be in that conversation because they wouldn't be a below 500 team. But the fact that we have two guys yeah, technically fully in the conversation wild. here is bizarre. It really is. It's just absolutely wild. Like when I saw that come out today, I just kind of looked at it. I'm like, man, it's just two years ago. And I, I immediately, I know this is going to sound horribly, horribly selfish, but I, if anybody understands, it'll be you. Like when I see that, I go, man, this, <laughs> I cannot believe if you would have went and told goose and I, a year and a half ago that we'd have two MVP candidates in the top 10 of the MVP ladder on NBA.com in 2021. I call you a goddamn liar. <laughs> Be like, who is it? Chris Dunn? Huh? They bring back Jerry and Grant. <laughs> you know, like what, who, who's doing it? Who's the second guy? Um, absolutely amazing. I just thought that was really cool. And you know, the did, data you, did you just say Jerry and Grant? I had to say MVP Jerry and Grant. Candidate. Because that's how you and I met, so I always, I always drop in Jerry and Grant in there. Because you told me he sucked, and I just I didn't want to admit that he sucked because I'm a homer a little bit. But yeah, he was real, real bad. Um, so he got thrown in as an MVP candidate. <laughs> it's just the, it was the first name that came to my head, Dick. Stop making fun of me. Uh, but anyway, our two top ten guys in the MVP race so far go off tonight against Denver. Um, DeMar DeRozan, not the most efficient shooting night, but he goes seven for 21, 26 points, six rebounds, four assists, two steals, no turnovers for DeMar DeRozan, 12 for 12 from the free throw line. Zach Levine, 14 for 24, four for nine from downtown. Uh, he scores 36 points, five boards, four assists, one steal. Deep. Oh, yeah. Like, some of Zach's shots tonight were video um, game shit. Yeah. Um, and then the dunk contest that we had in the middle of the game tonight, man, that was for it was like almost every play. I felt like we were getting an explosive jam. Um, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I even uh, had John, our guy Johnny Nani, text me. He goes, Oh my god, dude, what has happened? It's like a you know, it was a total chai slamajama, you know, event. It's to steal Stacy's word. Um they're saying, but yeah, man, they were just they showed off their athleticism a little bit tonight, man. You know, it was a lot of fun, uh, other than the fact that this game was way too close. Um, I missed a good amount of like the start of the first, mm -hmm. so to turn the game on and see us down like 22 to 10 and then find out that Jokic wasn't playing. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it was total um, slow start, man. I know you said you missed some of it. It was just very slow start, but I'm not going to say it was bad. The Bulls were shooting like 50% from the field. It's just Denver couldn't miss. 
They were just hanging out with the guy with the cookie sweatshirt before the game, and they were a little <laughs> baked, and, you know, the altitude, and just, you know, probably just caught a contact eye, if anything. And uh, <laughs> I just had to play through that. And after yeah. you got through that, you know, it was smooth sailing. Yeah, it was just it was it was funny to me how the game started off too because like the first that was the first thing that went through my head I'm like dude no Jokic Jamal Murray's obviously been out the, the whole year because of that knee injury they had Michael Porter Jr.'s out I'm like Aaron Gordon Michael Porter Jr. when asked what his favorite Thanksgiving food was just said mashed potatoes just plain mashed potatoes sometimes my mom puts a little cheese on there that dude is probably about as interesting to talk to as a wall. Not that I didn't want him. I would have still taken him. I mean, but my God, could you imagine the press conference after every single game? The ball went in the hoop. Yeah, that was a good win. I'm going to go eat me some mashed potatoes now. See you later. <laughs> just no, just mon- very monotone kind of guy. But, uh, it, you know, the only person I felt like we really had to worry about was Will Barton and Aaron Gordon. Um, Fucking Compazzo. Right. Yeah, no shit. But then I remembered it's like Aaron Gordon always finishes second to Zach Levine. So I, I felt pretty confident that, you know, Zach was going to be able to do what he does. And he did, which was really cool. I had a, I had a tweet loaded up in the chamber there, man. I just didn't pull the trigger on it. And, and the reason I didn't was because I didn't want to piss the universe off and have them like completely, you know, go like karma, just come and get me or jinx it or whatever. Cause I was, I was almost going to tweet that out. And I'm like, man, if I do this, Aaron Gordon's going to go on some sort of magical run. So then I got punished because I even thought about doing it. And then Aaron Gordon went on his little run there in the third quarter. And I'm like, Oh my God, I just thought about it. I didn't even say anything yet. No, a couple of those shots that he hit were unreal. Like, that baseline what? jumper he had in what the fourth quarter. Stop was, it. Knock it off. Right. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And he had a, Javante was like Archie Diacono and yeah. fucking David Nawaba combined into a person. I don't know. Like, what got into that guy? But he is fucking nuts. <laughs> it was an entertaining game all around. It, it really was. I'm just, I'm glad that our stars ended up, you know, getting this, uh, getting this thing under control and winning it. I, and we have to talk about Tony Bradley real quick. Like, the first part of the first quarter, I felt like the offense was running through him for a moment like he was vooch did you see that he he was setting up plays at the top of the key and everything like that he they were feeding him the ball on the really listened to the podcast and he said fuck you i can make any center facilitator just he moves so slow motion you know like i'm sitting there watching like why is the ball moving that slow you I got to give it to him though the one feed that he almost botched and turned over that turned into the corner three for zach we should just call that play, and we should just call it like the Tony fumble or something, and just have him fall on the ground and just roll around, and then have <laughs> the ball out to Zach because it worked, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, I, I I had to give him credit before we got off here, but yeah, I, I, again, I just I'm glad that we got to talk about DeRozan and Levine a, a little bit. Uh, Alex Caruso's offense is completely kind of just disappeared for right now. It'll come back eventually. I think he does everything else. It's it, it's so weird when you have to say about multiple of your players um, that they do things that do, don't show up in the box score. And usually that kind of feels like a little, like, you know, a cliche to say. It's like, yeah, he's really good. It just doesn't show up in the box score. But it's, like, really true. <laughs> it, it's really true. Like, guys like Javante Green and Alex Caruso, when he's not shooting well, he's still – Doing so many valuable things. Power forward or a center, 
and guys like Caruso and Javante can terrorize and create extra possessions yeah. and avoid having to get a rebound because it has destroyed you on defense. Yeah. I, I really don't care what they do offensively. Their, uh, you know, their contributions on that end are extra when you have guys like Zach and DeRozan going off for 20-plus guaranteed almost every night together. Um, and it's just – it's really exciting to watch yeah. this team. It's not like we're boring. We're not, we're not a Jim Boylan just defensive team or something, just blitzing and getting lucky. It's, it's a lot of skill. Burt Drink. Burt Drink. <laughs> Burt Drink in the building. Why are you guys uh, recording an hour late, Burt Drink? <laughs> it's because of Burt Drink. Actually, I didn't drink anything today. I had I had Mountain Dew, and the reason I did have the Mountain Dew was to stay awake. And, uh, yeah, that just does, that doesn't happen to me during the weekdays. Weekends, I could be up all night. Weekdays, can't do it. Um one of my favorite parts of the game that I feel like we should mention before we ride out here too is is the fact that the Bulls out rebounded them pretty heavily, uh, fifty to thirty eight. Without a power forward or a center. Yes, uh, my favorite stat. Have their center either. Well, right. My favorite stat: Goose seventeen offensive rebounds tonight, and that was kind of mentioned by what you were talking about before, like Caruso and Green. Those guys getting to those like you know those tip balls in the air, man, just trying to keep plays alive, and, and that that's a big reason why I, we won this game out-rebounded them, another huge reason, and makes me proud as hell to say the Bulls did not miss a free throw. DeMar in that closing stretch, man, it feels so good to have somebody that can just control the game in that way. And I I almost feel like we're cheating with some of the foul calls that he gets, but I don't fucking care. Well, doesn't it blow you away, though? Like, he gets to the line and he converts, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, and the whole team tonight, everybody that took a free throw didn't miss tonight. And it's just, I could see you and I having a game like this last year where it'd be super close or whatever. And the Bulls miss like seven or eight free throws out of their 24. And it's like, we end up, you lose that fucking game now. You lose that game. The Bulls got 24 free throws. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard that before. Yeah. 24 to 20 tonight, Goose. Uh, they hit, they went 16 for 20. We went 24 for 24. Uh, they did out assist us. We only had 19 assists on the night. We did have seven steals. We had three blocks, but they had five. They turned the ball over 14 times. We only turned it over 11. Bulls have been doing a pretty good job of taking care of the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, just great performance all around. I know we had a comment in here about uh, Lonzo Ball's inconsistency scoring the rock. Um, yeah, you know, Lonzo three point shooting is phenomenal uh his two-point field goal percentage not all that but Lonzo, I feel like that's even been a little better the last two games he's been a little bit more aggressive on the drive. yeah yeah I, I love him off the drive too it, may, it just makes him a little bit more dynamic he, uh he had a great play tonight where he broke down the defense got into the paint after a little cute spin move there and, and put up a layup but um i'm not looking for lonzo to go out and score 20 points a game if he does that'd be great uh, it's more setting the tone of the offense and goose feel free to disagree with me um but I look at this guy to be a bulldog defender and set the tone of the offense and get guys into their set. So not all of the usage has to run through DeMar and Zach. I mean, I think he allows DeMar and Zach to be themselves. Uh, his evolution as a three-point shooter makes him an elite three and D point guard. Like he's almost created a whole entire new position that allows. It's like a new uh, archetype, right? <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, it, you have, 
all the stars in the league, regardless of what position they play, they're ball dominant as fuck. I mean, that's that's how your good players are allowed to, you know, affect the game um, is they have to have the ball. Uh, so having a point guard like Lonzo is it's a luxury. Um, and I'm not worried about his inconsistencies uh, offensively. Uh, I know when Lonzo drops 20 points, chances are that we're going to win that fucking game. So uh, I, I'm all for his good games and I'm not really going to get too upset when he doesn't uh, score more than 10 points. Yeah. I'm, I reiterate that if, if he's, you know, again, defending typically the best wing on the other team and he's hitting three or he's setting up his teammates to score easy buckets. Uh, I'll take that all day. I don't care about his scoring. And like you said, if he gets over a certain threshold of scoring, you know, it's, uh, it's usually a win. Dub. Yeah. It's usually a win for the bulls. So we'll take that all day. Um, so the Bulls will play again Sunday. I'll be in attendance uh, for this game. They play against the New York Knicks. We're eight and seven. Uh, they are five and two away. Wow. Work. Work. Eight and seven, five and two away. That's wild. Contibs, man. I'll tell you. No, I wish I was joining you Sunday, but uh, I'm going to protect the old wallet. It's, it gets expensive for me to. Oh, well, you got you got a cruise, to, you know, to get here too. You got to take the train and all that shit. It's, so, it's yeah. Train and then I walk my happy ass, and it's just getting too cold to walk. Like when it's still fifties, sixties, not too bad. Enjoy the walk; it's not bad. But now it's getting a little brisk. Yeah. I, well, you know, uh, I'll be there for you and cheering just as hard like you're there in spirit. I'll be there for you. That's friends, right? It is. Love that's, that show. We're, we're, we're friends. We are. We are we we are friends. Oh my God, it's getting deep. I love you. I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you, man. But yeah, we play the Knicks. Um, the Bulls are now tied, right, for first place in the Eastern Conference because I think it's like the, them, Miami, and I believe Washington is eleven and five. I believe that's what it is. I'm gonna look that up real quick before we leave. Um, Don't want to leave you on a lie. Oh, I'm sorry. So the Nets are now twelve and five. The Heat are eleven and five. The Bulls are eleven and five, and the Wizards are ten and five. So um, Hornets 10 and seven, they went on a little bit of a streak there. Won their last five in a row. Eastern conference is fun this year, goose, man. It, it, it's definitely fucking fun. I, I love that. But as long as we're in the top six, it'll be fun. It, oh, hundred percent. Like I want nothing to do with this plan at all. And that's what in our season prediction episodes, I had them finishing sixth in the Eastern conference to avoid that. I think so, I said seventh. Tonight. Yeah, you did. I'm yeah. Really optimistic. And I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I'm, I am enjoying my lack of being a super homer in the offseason because now I get to be a super homer right the fuck now. Right. Do you feel like your expectations were just exceeded? So you're just like in a, in a, a state yeah, of happiness I mean, I'm, right now? I'm starting to learn in life that the best thing you can do for yourself is set the bar low, oh but God. aim high. Because then when you fall somewhere in the middle, it's not tears. And if they are tears, they're of happiness and not sadness. And, and that's how I feel right now. I, I said seven, and we're feeling two, three. And I, I, that, that makes me feel really good. That's that's like a plus, plus four or five. And being plus four or five is a great feeling. I absolutely agree with that. So Bulls five and two at the United Center. Uh, this game tips off at 7 p.m. Again, this is the Bulls' first game back from their West Coast trip on which they went three and two. You got anything else before we head on out here, man? No, find yourself, Kobe White. I miss you. We need you. Let's do it. Find yourself, Kobe. You had a couple moments at the end of this show that were just like, you know, 
very eye opening and very like, you know, just heart heartwarming, you know, the, uh, you know, find yourself Kobe white and whatever the hell you just mentioned before that, I, that I forgets, but I was very, very touched by what you had just said. All right. So we'll be back after, I don't know if we'll be back Sunday or not. If I can get home early enough from the game, once yeah, that's over. enjoy yourself. Uh, if you win, I'll, I'll join you in like a live chat that you can go on from the stadium. When, uh, All right, right on. When our right. fans are going, we'll do a uh, yelling I, "fuck Julius Randall" like the Knicks did to Trey Young. Oh yeah, I hope. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> I, knowing me, if I started doing that, I get I get kicked out right away. They would just yeah, and, and that doesn't even have it doesn't have as good of a ring, and we don't want to be Knicks Knicks fans. Yeah, the Knicks suck. New York sucks in general, so the Bulls are gonna have to kick the shit out of them. Yep. All right. But I got nothing else, man. So we'll be back when, whenever that is. Be sure to go on tap sportsnet.com for all the Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap at on tap sportsnet. If you would like to go to the game with friends on Sunday and you spend over $100, if you have to spend over $100, if you do that on vividseats.com and use promo code on tap, you get $10 off your next $100 order. So go check that out, vividseats.com, promo code on tap. When you spend over $100, you get $10 off. That's a free beer. Thanks to Tap. Check that out. Again, we'll be back whenever we're back. Let's go Bulls.